Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we are studying Jeremiah 32a, the first half of Jeremiah chapter 32, which I plan on dividing into two parts. We just read in the last two chapters, 30 and 31, this beautiful vision of the future of the Messianic age when justice will reign, the people will be gathered from the corners of the earth and brought back to rebuild Jerusalem and the temple, people of Israel and Judah will reunite and the close close and special relationship to God will lead to a world of of knowledge of God and good and where evil will perish and so on. And Jeremiah had it all in a dream, but unfortunately in chapter 32 the dream is over. We now have to snap back to reality. And chapter 32 sends us straight into the throes of the of the height of the war and the battle and the destruction of Jerusalem throws us into the time when the kingdom of Judah was just about to end. By this point, the entire countryside, all the cities of Judah have fallen to the invading armies of Nebuchadnezzar, of the Babylonians and the Chaldeans. And they laid siege to the capital. King Tzidkiyahu is still holding out and rebelling hoping to fend off the, the besieging Babylonians and Chaldeans. And um, Jeremiah is still saying his prophecies, and he's telling the people that this destruction is inevitable. Don't rebel. He had told, been telling the king Tzidkiyahu, Zedekiah, never not to rebel, that it's futile, that this is a punishment from God, the people had numerous chances over and over and over again to repent, to return to God, to establish justice, to establish righteousness, but they continued in their corrupt ways, and therefore this decree of destruction is going to happen. So we're at the point where the city walls are about to collapse and about to fall, and the following occurs. Hadavar. This is verse number one. Hadavar The word that came to Jeremiah from God in the tenth year of the reign of Tzedekiah, the king of Judah. So this is the, the final year, the ending of his reign. Which is the eighteenth year of the reign of the king of Uchadratzar. Of course, in those days, the... Um, Dates, times, years were always calculated based on the reign of the various kings. So this is how the datists are given. Biyazin, at this time, Chiel Melech Babel, the army of the king of Babylon, Tzorim al Yerushalayim, had laid siege to Jerusalem. And where was Jeremiah? Where was the prophet who had foretold all this, who had tried his best and worked so hard to try to get the people to turn around? He was confined in a in the prison yard. Asher Beit Melech Yehuda. Matorah is from the language lintor to guard the yard where people that were being guarded and kept uh, captive in the um, on the king in the compound of the king of Judah within the walls of Jerusalem. He was being held captive. And why was he? In captivity, why was why did the king place Jeremiah into the prison? 
Asher, verse 3, Asher Kilao Tzidkiyo Melech Yehuda, because the king Tzidkiyo, the king of Judah, had, had, had placed him in captivity, Lamar, saying the following, with the following accusation, Madua, the king says to the prophet, Why? Atoni Bolimar, why are you prophesying, saying, as follows, Ko Amar Adonai, that so says God, that I am going to give this city into the hands of the king of Babylon, and he shall capture it. Why are you, you're, you know, you're demoralizing the people. You're telling them not to fight, not to resist. And, and why do you predict the downfall of the city? It's in Kiyo, and you're, and you're furthermore, you're, you're, Predicting that's about me, the, as follows, verse 4, but Yehuda and Zidkiyo, the king of Judah, lo yimolet miyad hakastim, will not be saved from the Chaldeans. He won't get away, the king will not get away. Rather, ki hinaton hinaten biyad melech bavel, he will be given over and handed over and captured by the king of Babylon. Vidiber pivim piv, and the king of Babylon will speak directly to the king. Vihinov et einov tirena, and he shall speak to him face to face which will obviously not come out good because of the meeting between the king of Babylon, who is quite infuriated and obviously now much more powerful than the king of Judah, will see him face to face and he will not be able to get away and escape and somehow try to, to uh, reestablish a kingdom or somehow try to act as a king in exile. That's not going to happen. He's going to be brought in front of the conqueror. Ubavel and what will there be the result of that encounter? He will take Tzitkiyo, the king, all the way to Babylon, and that is where he will end up. Until the day that I remember him. In other words, until the day that I decide to punish the Babylonian king, which will not happen, of course, as we have been told several times for another several generations until 70 years later. And until then, Tzitkiyo... The king of Judah will remain. It will be um, uh, will be in captive in Babylon. Another way of understanding this is Ad Pakti, remembering him, is not referring to remembering him, the king of Babylon, and punishing him, which will not occur to the, this particular Babylonian king, but will occur later when Babylon will fall to the Persians. Um, Instead, Ad so would be until I remember him, Tzidkiyo, meaning I take his life. Tzidkiyo will be a captive until I remember him and punish him ultimately with his death, which will tragically occur in exile, in captivity in Babylon. Because if you wage war against the Chaldeans, remember the Chaldeans are allies of the Babylonians, you will not be successful. So the king is saying, why are you saying all of this? You're saying all of this, you're demoralizing the people. In order to keep your mouth shut, I have to throw you into prison. And what happens when he's in prison? Yermio gets a following vision from God, a word from God, which is in a very unusual one. Verse 6, Vayomer Yermiyahu. Jeremiah said, presumably his audience are some of the other captives in this prison. Maybe some of the people are people that were that were actually listening and following Yermio and the king threw them into prison together. Maybe there are other, there for other random reasons, we'll never know. Yermio says, God told me something strange that's going to happen. 
And this is very odd. Here you are in the middle of a siege. You have to try to lay the scene out in your mind. Presumably, there's, there's arrows flying, rocks flying, uh, 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 you know, weapons flying, fire, flames, screaming, yelling, fighting, swords going, who knows. There's a siege. People are starving, hungry, thirsty. The um, king's armies are getting ready for battle, locking the doors, trying to secure the gates. The sounds of building uh, siege mounds outside the wall in order to break the walls and break the siege are, are, are swirling around. But this is the vision that happens. Hine, behold, Hanamel ben Shalom Dodecha, your cousin, who has the name of Hanamel, the son of Shalom. Shalom was apparently the brother of Jeremiah's father, and Hanamel was therefore his first cousin. Ba'ilacha is going to come to you, Lamar, saying as follows, Kinelacha, I want you to buy for yourself at Saudi my field, Asher Ba'anatot, which is in the city of Anatot. Remember, this is the city where Jeremiah was from, the town where he lived. Kilacha mishpat because you are the closest relative. And it, I need it to sell it. I have to sell it to someone. And the rule is, as we know, that you should try to sell it to a relative first so that it doesn't, peel doesn't go out of the family. So buy it from me. Now, this is strange, of course, for a whole host of reasons. Because an anatot is, the, is, is already captured by the Babylonians. The field is completely and utterly worthless. The owner trying to sell it is clearly desperate he lost all of his wages and he's trying to sell a field that he doesn't really have the ability to sell because it's not in his hand anymore it was just taken away by the babylonians so the, and Yirmiyahu announces to the people and says god told me that my cousin is going to come and try to sell me the field that i told that would be quite ridiculous thing to say people listening probably thought that jeremiah might be losing his mind However, which he has been accused of, as we've seen several times, for his visions, and, and what happened? It happened. As God told me, he came to me, Hanamel ben Dodi, my cousin Hanamel did come to me, just like God had said, El he came to me to the prison where I'm being held captive. It's just the situation is extremely bizarre. Here he is a prisoner, and... The cousin is trying to sell him a field that he doesn't even have. Ayomra Eli, and he said to me, Buy, please buy for me my field, which is in Anatot, which is in the land of Binyamin. Because you are the one who would inherit this field, you're my closest relative. And therefore, it's your responsibility to redeem it before I sell it outside the family. Buy it. And there, and and from this I knew that it really was the word of God. That vision that I had, that seemed so insane, actually was the word of God. He was predicting something, and it actually occurred. And the people that had listened were probably dumbfounded. That's insane. That's crazy. Now, it's hard to imagine what Hanamel was obviously, this cousin was obviously desperate for money. It's a siege. It's in the middle of a war. And he lost all of his property. And he figures, hey, I have a crazy cousin in the king's yard. Maybe I can make a few bucks. 
and convince him to pay me some money and I'll have some money to make it through the siege. And I'm selling a field that I'll never be able to use anyway because it's already been taken by the Babylonians. He could also have been try taunting Jeremiah. Like, look at you. If you really think you just gave this whole uh, wonderful idea about how we're going to come back to Jerusalem and God will bring the exiles back. And meanwhile, the city's about to fall. It's all about to end. If you really believe that one day we'll come back, go ahead, buy my field, so at least you'll have something when we come back. So, Yermio went ahead and followed God's instructions, even though he did, Yermio, the prophet himself, didn't understand why he should get such instructions and do such a silly, a, a seemingly silly thing. So, Eknes, I saw that, went ahead and I bought the field. Made Chanamel ben Dodi from Chanamel, my cousin Asher Anatot, who's from Anatot. Vo'eshkelolo etakesef. I even gave him the money. One seems this isn't the same kind of prison that we would imagine because he seemed to have access to his money. Shiva shekolim, which was seven shekels, va'asora hakosef, and ten pieces of silver. It's not clear exactly what monetary system is being used, but presumably a shekel is made up of parts, like uh, either 10 or 20, I forget, uh, 20 silver uh, pieces make up a shekel. So that's seven shekels plus 10 silver pieces, which is um, part of, uh, 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 of a shekel, or it could mean 17 pieces of silver, depending on, on how you want to translate it. But the, regardless, that's not what really matters here. The point is, is that he gave him the money. And I wrote it down in a scroll in a document, and I signed it, and I had witnesses witness it, and we weighed out the silver on a weight to make sure that it was the accurate amount of money. Verse 11, and I took the the deed the, of purchase, the one which was signed, the, two, there's, the custom in those days was to make two copies of the deed. One was for public the public to be have access to and read and the other was uh, put away um, and stored for safekeeping for the official records so the official one the sealed one and the revealed one for people to read but attained it what did i do with this i gave it to el baruch ben neiriah to baruch the son of neiriah ben machseyah who was the son of Dodi, in front of my cousin from whom I was purchasing this, my cousin Hanamel, and in front of the witnesses, the ones who were written, whose names were written down as witnesses in the deed of purchase, in front of the eyes of all of the other uh, Judeans, who were sitting in the yard of the prison. Now, it's, it says here specifically, in front of all the Judeans, it could have said in front of the whole crowd. Obviously, the crowd of people within Jerusalem are primarily made up of Judeans. Um, however, specifically, it says Yehudim here, I believe, because it wants to convey that this act, it was obviously a transaction, but the transaction, in, in terms of being a transaction, was kind of worthless, being that the field had already been taken. However, it was a transaction that was meant as a message for the Judean people, for the people of Judah. And therefore it says, Not in front of the people, 
but specifically a message for the Judean people to see and understand. And Yirmiyahu um, is going to ask God soon, what is this message? What are you making me do this, this silly act for? What's the purpose and point to all of this? But for just for, before he does that, Jeremiah addresses Vatsavet, Baruch Leinihem Leimar, in front of all of the people of the Judeans, I commanded Baruch, who, to whom I had given the document, saying as follows, verse 14, So says the Lord God, the Lord of Israel, Take these two documents, both the sealed one and the open one, the, the deed of purchase and the, the one with the signatures, and the open one that's not sealed, that's not sewn shut, but rather it's open for anyone to read, and I want you to put them away for safekeeping in a clay vessel, in order that they remain for many, many days so that they can be saved for posterity. Because so says God, the Lord of Israel. Here Jeremiah knows and understands. He says, and he turns to the people and says, because there's a message here. There will yet be a time when people will buy and sell their homes and their fields and their vineyards in this land times of commerce, times of settlement, will yet one day be. But then I turned to God. And I prayed, because here I am, the city is falling. I just did something which looked extremely foolish. I don't understand really the purpose of doing this. And then I turned and I prayed to God. After I gave this purchase of sale of Baruch ben Neriah Lamar, I gave it when I gave it to Baruch the son of Neriah Lamar. My my prayers were as follows. Now, it's unclear if this prayer was done in private. Did he say this privately, or did he pray out loud in front of the people that were collected in front of him? I like to imagine because this all happened in front of this crowd, and the crowd is an integral part of what's going on, that, th that this prayer was being said out loud. But you can try to imagine it however you feel it's important. Aha! Aha is like, Oy vey, or whoa, God, ho, Adonai Elohim, God the Lord, you are the most Powerful Muslim Almighty, you created the heavens and the earth. With your great strength of on your outstretched arm. There isn't anything that's too wonderful or too, or too much for you to accomplish. You are all powerful. You are the creator. And not only that, but you run this world in such a way that you do kindness and wondrous deeds for thousands and thousands of people. For thousands of generations, and when and when fathers and children continue in the same evil path, you punish them. You punish the people when 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 iniquity and corruption becomes ingrained and becomes passed down from generation to generation. So you do both kindness and you punish when the pun and you punish when it comes inevitable that the, that that. The people will not repent. You are the great God, the, the, the powerful God. 
that is your name. Your name is 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 the Lord God of hosts. Gadol and not only do you do kindness and punish, but also you are the great greatest in 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 wisdom. Eitzah means the, you are the greatest in. Uh, some people translate this as in purpose. In other words, you provide purpose to the world, direction to the world, wisdom to the world. Virav ha'alilia. And you are the greatest of all of the, there's various ways to translate this, of, of, of all of the deeds. There's so many deeds that you do, but aliliyah could also be the reasons for the deeds, the purpose behind it. Gadol aliliyah. I believe the best translation, in my opinion, is you are the greatest in wisdom and you are great in purposefulness, that everything has a purpose and a reason. Asher and the following is Asher Einecha Pekuchos because your eyes are open al kol darke b'nei Adam on all of the ways of man. That is the purpose of the world is such because you watch and and observe and know what people are doing and and when and how and why. in order that you can repay people according to their ways of and the fruits of their actions. You can mete out justice because you created a world of purpose where justice is the purpose. And, and you are the only one that can do that. And when did you teach us these lessons? You taught us, taught us these lessons when you took us out of Egypt. And at the time you did open signs and wonders to demonstrate that you were the just God. And that you were choosing the Jewish people to bring this message to the, this world. Uvi Israel, and you've done it for for Israel, and Uva Adam, and then via Israel for all of mankind. You made this sign, and and you made for yourself a name and reputation that people even till today know and understand that you are the God of the Exodus, you are the God of justice. You took your nation of Israel out of the land of Egypt. Both also moves him with great signs and great wonders, with a powerful hand, and an outstretched arm of and with great awe and fear. And you gave them this land, that you swore that you would give to their forefathers, to give them a land that flows with milk and honey. You brought them here. And they came and they inherited and they took over this land but they didn't listen to you. You brought them here with the covenant, with an agreement that said, I'm bringing you here so that you should live a certain lifestyle, live a certain way, you should be honest, you should be compassionate. But you didn't, they didn't. And they did not go on your ways. Everything you commanded them to you, they did not do. And therefore, you caused that it should happen to them. All of this, all of this misfortune, all of this bad stuff that's happening that we see around us today. In behold, right now, what do we see? Hasololot ba'u ha'ir the the um, the the uh, mounds and the siege works have come to the city in order to capture it. And the city has been given over to the hands of the Chaldeans on that are waging war against the city. The city is now 
given over to the sword, to hunger, to pestilence, that which you have predicted, that which you have warned us about, now as you can see, so this is, V'hincha could be addressing God, but I do believe he's actually speaking in front of the people, and saying to the people, and all of you can see what's happening around us. This is the result. This is, this is where we have come. This is what we have come to. This is where we are standing today. And this is how he is addressing the crowd that has just witnessed this unusual act of buying a field. And now you God tell me, that I should go buy a field with some money. And I should have witnesses signed. The city is being given over to the Chaldeans. Like what in the world is this? Jeremiah turns to God. What is the purpose? What is the point? This kind of silly game you're playing? Yeah, so one day there will... So like Jeremiah tried to squeak out some kind of message to the people. One day there will still be people buying and selling fields. But what, what are you doing with this? What are you doing with this message? Why do you ask me to do this silly action while we're sitting here under siege and all of this is going on? You are such a powerful, awesome God. There's so, <laughs> there's so much involved. You have done so much. You do so much. You mean so much. And yet you ask me to do this silly act or this silly appearing act. What's the meaning of this? What's the purpose of this? And why am I doing this? And this is what Jeremiah says as he prays to God in front of the people that were gathered in or near or by the prison yard. I'm going to stop this part here now and we will continue with chapter 32, the second portion, B. Thank you so much for studying this together with me.